You're listening to a Sin Media podcast. Previously heard live on Sin 90.7. Listening to the weekly wrap on Sin 90.7. And here are our news headlines for today. A man has died while another continues to fight for his life after a crane lost its load at a construction site in Box Hill yesterday afternoon. A Donvale woman has been instantly killed when she was run over and dragged down a street for 30 metres by a truck. And a Melbourne pub owner has been jailed over a side business where he trafficked substantial quantities of drugs. The 50-year-old man was busted at the Railway Hotel at Brunswick after selling ice and cocaine to an undercover cop on eight separate occasions. And former head of the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Commission, Jeff Clark, has been charged with historic fraud offences. He is listed, alongside two others, to appear in the Warrnambool Magistrates Court in October this year. And a Melbourne medical team has banded together to perform life-saving brain surgery on a single mother from Papua New Guinea. The hospital in Melbourne's southeast covered the operating and intensive care costs, while a seven-member surgical team worked for free to remove a large brain tumour from the 34-year-old woman. In Melbourne today, it is currently 14 degrees with winds of up to 16 kilometres per hour. Now here's Sarah with your foreign news. Thanks, Bethany. At least seven people have died and about 40 more are missing after a 6.7 magnitude earthquake struck the Japanese island Hokkaido. The earthquake triggered a number of landslides and cut electricity to 2.95 million homes. President Trump has blasted a New York Times opinion piece written by an anonymous senior Trump official as a disgrace. The author said they are part of the resistance inside the Trump administration and has vowed to thwart parts of Trump's agenda and his worst inclinations. The FBI has charged North Korean Park Jin-hyok over the 2017 WannaCry ransomware attack and the 2014 Sony Pictures attack. The WannaCry cyber attack made headlines last year after infecting more than 300,000 computers and taking down Britain's online health records. The United States says Park was acting on behalf of the North Korean government, which they have long suspected. And now to Celine for entertainment news. Thanks, Sarah. The bishop who led Aretha Franklin's funeral has apologised to Ariana Grande for how he touched her on stage, saying it was not his intention to touch her breast. More on this later in the show. Keeping up with the Kardashian star, Kim Kardashian is now fighting to help free a drug offender, saying she knew she couldn't stop at just one. Kanye West has taken to Twitter to apologise to Drake about the falling out the two rappers had over the Lift Yourself beat and West's role in the Pusha T diss tracks. It was Beyonce's 37th birthday yesterday. The singer reflected on her monumental year, becoming a mother of three, releasing a new album and touring the world with her family. Back home, Love Island's Erin and Eden have announced their breakup in joint Instagram posts on Monday, saying they look forward to supporting each other moving forward and remaining best friends. To sports now, in footy news, two men have been brutally attacked in a brawl after last night's qualifying final between Richmond and Hawthorne at the MCG. Collingwood has given midfielder Adam Trelaw the green light to take on the Eagles in Saturday night's second qualifying final. In more Magpie news, veteran defender Tyson Goldsack is also set to play the qualifying final against West Coast less than six months after suffering a partially ruptured ACL. 
The 2019 NAB AFL Women's Season will be played using a conference system with 10 teams divided into two groups of five. In tennis news, number 55 Australian John Millman has beaten five-time champion Roger Federer in four sets at the US Open on Tuesday. That's all for the news. You're listening to the Weekly Wrap on Sin 90.7. Now, guys, it's time for all of us to get a little bit more educated on the political world, and Sarah's here to do that for us. So, Sarah, what's been making the news? Well, Bethany, 80,000 pages of confidential documents published online by the Victorian government this week have been removed following a privacy breach. It's been revealed the documents contained a woman's medical history, home address, details of her finances and her daughter's name and date of birth. Ooh, what were the documents about? The documents concern a 2011 decision made by now Liberal leader Matthew Guy during his time as Victorian Planning Minister. Guy repealed a decision to rezone farming land in Phillip Island, leading to the property owner filing a lawsuit against the government. The documents allegedly show that Matthew Guy told lawyers to settle the matter out of court for $2.5 million as he was concerned a trial would damage his career. And how have people responded to this? Matthew Guy defended the decision, arguing he settled the case to avoid a lawyer's picnic. He has attacked the privacy breach as the biggest, most vile privacy breach in Victorian history, courtesy of Daniel Andrews. Speaking in Parliament, he called for Daniel Andrews to resign. Meanwhile, The Guardian is reporting that a former privacy commissioner has warned that the privacy breach could result in class action against the government. Daniel Andrews said they had apologised to the women involved and the leak was unfortunate. Why did Labor release the documents? Labor released the documents to try and embarrass Matthew Guy in the lead-up to the state election. So it would embarrass him because the documents, I guess, kind of allegedly show that Matthew Guy chose to allegedly uh, pay out a settlement with taxpayer money um, instead of going to court where there is a chance that the settlement could have been less or the government could have won. But if the matter went to court, then it would have been in the public forum. So this is why Labor has released these documents as they're trying to uh, portray Matthew Guy in this way in the lead up to the state election. But it's fair to say it's backfired pretty dramatically with a lot of media attention now focusing on Labor's privacy breach as opposed to Guy's decision as planning minister. Thank you so much for the update, Sarah. This is the Weekly Wrap on Sin 90.7 with Sarah, Bethany and Celine. Now, guys, there's been a bit of talk this week surrounding an incident that occurred between Ariana Grande and the officiating pastor at Aretha Franklin's funeral. So basically, Ariana Grande, um, after the song she was performing at the funeral, the pastor wrapped his arms around her side and actually roped her breast. Yeah, like he did come out and apologise, saying, you know, maybe I crossed the border, maybe I was too friendly or familiar, but again, I apologise. It was never my intention to touch any woman's breast. So, yeah, he did come out and apologise with that, but I guess it's not good enough because if you watch this video, she looks very uncomfortable. She does look very uncomfortable, and I think one of the reasons that we're talking about it here on the Weekly Wrap today is... Not just the incident itself, but the, I guess, the conversation that followed after the incident. Um, it was disappointing to see that there was some talk online about what Ariana Grande wore. 
And I, I don't want to sensationalise this issue. I don't want to um, portray that there was more outrage than there was. Some of the discussion around what Ariana Grande wore was in relation to if her dress was too short in that it was inappropriate for a funeral. Um, we won't go there. People are entitled to have their opinion about that. But where it was disappointing to see was when her dress being uh, too short in some people's eyes, uh, the two shots in quotation marks, <laughs> um, when people linked that to the inappropriate touching and seemed to imply that her had somehow invited it or that it was, you know, well, oh, who can... Who, she Like, she's got herself to blame. She wore a short dress. And it was really disappointing to see that rhetoric following what happened. Yeah, I don't think they should be linked at all. Exactly. And I get that people do have an opinion about her dress being short at a funeral, but like we said, that should have no place in actually talking about the groping. Exactly. What happened, yeah. What a woman wears um, no way, is no way, shape or form is an invitation for and that behaviour. Yeah, it was hard for her because it was so public. I felt really sorry for and her. And I think... Because it was so public, she really had nothing to do but make an uncomfortable life a laugh, sorry. And that circled all through social media. Mm-hmm. And I feel like as women sitting here today, we can all sadly relate to this moment sometime in our lives. Exactly. I feel like every woman has had that moment where somebody has, whether it's made an inappropriate comment mm-hmm. or even like put their hands on you in a way that's inappropriate. And I just feel like everyone can relate to that feeling where... You feel so uncomfortable because, you know, somebody's saying or doing something that you don't want to happen. But at the same time, you there's a further level of discomfort. There's the discomfort at what they're doing or saying. And then there's the discomfort at the fact that you can't say anything back. And it's just this feeling of having no power. You don't want to be rude. Exactly. But you don't want to feel so uncomfortable. So you're just stuck in this really bad situation. Yeah, and it's just not pleasant. Like, yeah, you'd hope they'd get the message, really. Exactly. It's just it's uncomfortable. It's not a nice feeling. Um, it's, it's just not nice when you feel like you can't speak up. You can't say anything. So... Yeah, I think that's our message here today, that that behaviour really isn't acceptable and that we would hate, you know, we don't want anyone, women or men, women or men <laughs> to feel like that they can't speak up about something that's happening and they just have to go along with it and do that little awkward laugh that we all know so well. Now, guys, we've had some great news today. The World Surf League has actually announced that it will award to both their male and female surfers. That is so good. It's Great news. absolutely amazing. And we've had really positive um, reactions to it as well. So we have, you know, the, the legendary Stephanie Gilmore, who's called this decision a vote of confidence for all the female surfers. And you've even got Callie Slater saying things like, the, woman in, the women in this tour deserve these changes. And frankly, I think it's about time. It's kind of ridiculous that it wasn't happening before, but I guess it's obviously a really, really good step. Yeah, I completely agree. It was really great news to hear. Mm -hmm. And this kind of brings up the issue that there are a couple of misconceptions in the gender pay gap. Most certainly there are. (laughs) Give it to us. So I'm here to fact check the gender pay gap to correct some of the assumptions that people have. So obviously, you know, this news has brought up the topic of the gender pay gap again and it really is alarming, I guess, the uh, just the misinformation that is out there about it. Firstly, some people believe that the gender pay gap isn't a thing anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, while there may be no, while it might not be enshrined in legislation um, as it used to be when it was legal to pay women less than men, it still very much exists. Our national gender pay gap is currently at 15.3%, which means on average women earn $253.70 less than men. Per week. Okay, I am shocked. I'm shocked <laughs> by that. 
And I guess I wanted to address that even then when people know that, okay, so yes, there's this like roughly 15% difference in women and men's earnings. Um, people have a lot of misconceptions about how this is calculated or what the reasons are and almost, I guess, making excuses for it, which I understand because nobody wants to think that women would be being paid less simply because they're women. But frankly, it's what's happening in our country. So the first, I guess, defence that people often provide is that, oh, no, it's because that uh, women often stay home to look after the kids they work part-time. Um, that doesn't factor into the calculations of the gender pay gap. The gender pay gap only compares the average weekly full-time base salary earnings. So the argument about, oh, it's part-time women who bring it down because women are more likely to work part-time, that's incorrect. Completely incorrect. Secondly, um, there is also an issue with the fact that women and men working in different industries and jobs, and the fact is that uh, female-dominated industries attract lower wages. So when I first heard this, I was a bit confused, but basically what it's saying is the issue isn't so much that... So women are working in uh, areas that uh, have a lower wage, so yeah. like nursing, teaching, mm-hmm. etc. And what this argument is basically is that there is, they're not low-paid. These women are earning a low wage because they've entered into a low-wage area. This area has a low wage because it's predominantly filled with women. And it kind of makes sense when you look at it because if we compare childcare workers, for example, right now they're striking. Yeah. Um, I'm not exactly sure of the nature of the strike, but I know there is action going on demanding better pay. And when you compare childcare workers with um, certain trades, which trades are predominantly filled by men, childcare workers are predominantly women, yet there are cases where if we evaluate our childcare workers' exact same tersh, uh, TAFE qualifications sorry, as these tradesmen, yet their sector has such a lower wage. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it kind pretty of, clear there. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. clear. And lastly, for anyone who's still in denial and doesn't want to, you know, think, no, it's nothing to do with sexism, um, I have research that shows otherwise. Listen to this. (laughs) So research by KPMG Australia found that sex discrimination is still the largest single reason for the gap, and it accounts for 38% of the gender pay gap in 2014. So basically, as much as we can try and come up with the excuses at the end of the day, um, when us three go into a workforce, there is a fair chance that uh, we will get paid less. And the largest reason for us getting paid less will not be anything to do with decisions we make about what industry we go into, decisions we make about um, our families, if we have children and what time. It will frankly be because when we walked into the interview room, we were female. And I think that's really disappointing. Let's hope that changes. And I think this is just evidence enough of why this surfing decision is one of the best. And we are so thankful. We are about to get into our favourite segment here at the Weekly Wrap, Hot or Not. I'm so excited. I say this every week, but it's like our fave. We do love it though. It's so good. (laughs) And basically, we just sort out the week's news. Do we think it's hot? Do we think it's not? It's quite simple. Exactly. We are going to start off with a woman who was on a Qantas flight and she took to Twitter to express her outrage about not being called doctor. So the flight attendant called her miss. Ooh. And How angry did she get? She basically called these flight attendants trolley dollies. So she okay. was so mad about this. I 
Yeah, I, I would say that's not. You don't really need to talk to customer service people that way. I would say it's a big not, especially because it's such an easy mistake to make. How many, you know, single women do you think have been called misses or vice versa? Like, this is this is a slip of the tongue kind of thing. I agree. I think it was an honest mistake there. Is that a collective not? I think Definitely that's a collective not. not. What about Hilary Duff's maternity photo shoot with her son, Luca? I have to admit, I haven't seen it, but I can Are just imagine I have this overload there. I haven't seen it either, to oh be honest, there. Girls, get onto that because it is so cute. And she's just, I feel like she's a great role model. She reminds me of my childhood. Yeah, Lizzie McGuire. She played the dozen. She was great. I love Cinderella story. That's a hot from me. Exactly. (laughs) Now, my uh, little event for this week is actually an interview that Jamila Jamil gave to uh, talking with. The Ch- Ways to Change the World podcast for Channel 4 News, this audio is from. And just have a little listen. She's talking about um, the Kardashians uh, getting money for in- Instagram influencers. So I've just got a little bit of audio here. So if we have a listen, just here. One second, sorry. Yeah, this story is so good. It's actually amazing. And I think it's so worth being heard. Sometimes. How much more? Why are they still promoting appetite suppressant lollipops to young girls? And it's not a fight against obesity. They have young, already slim girls in their adverts for Flat Tummy Company, or Flat Tummy Co., whatever they're called now, this company that are absolutely everywhere. And they're even being advertised in some of the most mainstream magazines, women's magazines, and they have a billboard in Times Square. The money is built on the blood and tears of young women who believe in them, who follow them, who look up to them like the big sister they never had. It's just, it's so upsetting. It feels like such a betrayal against women. And I will not be a part of it. I, and I will not stop calling it out when I see it. So that's the audio there. What did you guys think about that? She was, um, it's not in that little expert that I played you there, but she actually calls the Kardashians a double agent of the patriarchy. What do we think? Look, I think I tend to agree. I just think they have such a large platform. They are reaching so many young, vulnerable women. And I, you know, appetite-suppressing lollipops. Like, are we really serious It's here? not sending a good message out at all. It's and a lot of young fans see this Exactly. As well. I just think it's really... Uh, I, th- I just think it's really irresponsible. If you have a following like that, you need to understand that the messages that you promote have the real capacity to do good, but also a very, very real capacity to do harm and promoting something as dangerous um, and just plain wrong, like mm-hmm. appetite suppressant lollipops. Um, yeah, I think I think the line where Jamila said, like, it's built on, like, the blood and tears of young women, and that's very true. Amen to that. In a bit of better news with Kim Kardashian, I'd say. So if you guys didn't know, earlier this year she went to Donald Trump and talked about freeing a lady, Alice Marie Johnson, and she actually freed her from jail. And she has now come out and said she wants to do more of this. So she couldn't just stop at this one person. Mm -hmm. So now she's working with Trump again about freeing a one-time drug offender. Okay. Mm -hmm. And she said it's time for real systematic change. So I think that's good in a way that she's using her power like this. Yes, that's an example of where, like, what Jamila was talking about is using, like, she was using her power in the wrong way. This is an example of where she's recognising, like, hey, I've been extremely lucky. You know, she's been born into a... uh, into a family that, you know, she's gained incredible wealth and fame. And she has mm-hmm. also, like, worked for it, like, in that, you know, her family sees the opportunity when yeah. they, they her family managed to turn their 15 minutes of fame into a huge business empire that, yeah, you know, they're racking them. in the millions. 
Um, so I think I, th- I like when I see her doing stuff like this. Mm, I would agree. I would say that is a hot from Kim Kardashian. Definitely. And you're listening to the weekly wrap on Sin 90.7. Now, hands up, girls, who watched The Bachelor last night? Let's be honest, I think we all did. Yes. <laughs> Guilty as charged. But we want to talk about something a bit more kind of not just, you know, rave about how much we love The Bachelor. We actually want to talk about the bullying that went on this week. Um, there was a lot of talk online. Um, the show's been slammed a bit mm-hmm. for for promoting bullying. And I, I guess I wanted to get your thoughts on it, girls. What did, what did, did you think that there was bullying on the show? What did you take away from the behaviour over the past two episodes? Look, I definitely thought there was bullying especially because these women are adult women and they're standing there often in packs and they're degrading other women. We saw the intruders this week. We know they're never going to take nicely to intruders. They haven't taken nicely to intruders in past seasons. I feel like this was a new low though. A hundred percent. Like one of the girls talking about another contestant showing midriff Mm -hmm. and saying, oh, but she doesn't have abs. Like why should she be showing midriff? Yeah. She was kind of shaming her for her body and like one was making a comment about like, oh, well, fake tan hides everything. And I was like, really? Are we we really still at that age where we're going to criticise each other's bodies? Like we do that enough to ourselves. Like let's not act to it. And imagine people watching thinking that. I know. And then... I don't think that's good at all. Another thing that I felt with the intruders... um, when one of the the porn um, girl, uh, and I've gone and blanked her name, I am so sorry, <laughs> um, she hurt her ankle. Oh, yes, was I it remember that one. I think, I think, I'm not 100% sure who one it was. One of them. One of them. <laughs> and, um, yeah, she, like, uh, hurt her ankle and she, like, full-on went off and then like, she had a moon boot on and stuff. she spent a night walk. in hospital or something. Um, and she, when she came back, like, the girls were implying that she'd made it up. For Nick's attention, and I was like, "Really? Like, do you think she has really? managed to con doctors who yeah. have I don't know gone to this little thing called medical school? <laughs> just like, this little thing. Like, I, you don't just rock up and be like, oh, my foot hurts a bit, and um, actually it doesn't. I just want to get a guy's attention. Like, well, okay, we'll put you in a moon boot, anyways. Like, I imagine they would have, you know, like done the examination, it, <laughs> done an assessment. That's such an extreme so, accusation. Exactly. I'm like, like, really, and then um. Yeah, just a lot of the behaviour towards, like, poor Tennille. She was in tears mm-hmm. one night over some of the comments that other women in the house were making. And I was like, if we're reducing grown women to tears, I think that this behaviour needs to stop. Yeah, I think it's gone a little bit too far. And we actually saw that maybe Nick agreed because he went up and he actually asked Kat to leave, if I'm not mistaken. He sort of sent her packing. He got the, got the goss, if you will, on, you know, which girls were being mean to others and he asked her to leave and I think that's actually a bachelor first in Australia anyway where the bachelor himself has asked someone to leave. Good on him. Yeah me too. Yeah I was really impressed because I think it was kind of like yeah this behavior isn't okay like let's just support each other instead of knocking each other down. This week I saw a new rom-com out in the cinemas. Loves that. Is it as good as To All the Boys I've Loved Before? It was actually up there. <laughs> that's the real question. That's the bar that's Was there a set. Peter Kavinsky? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but no, it was actually really good. Um, it was Crazy Rich Asians, which Ooh, we have yes. spoken about on the show before it first came out in terms mm-hmm. of how great it was for diversity. It's the first film in 25? Or yeah, I think 25, it was 25 years. 25 years to feature a majority Asian cast in Hollywood um, and considering that you know, I think we spoke about like three percent of mm-hmm. um, leads roles in Hollywood go to people who are Asian. So it was really great. So we spoke about it in terms of that, but we hadn't had a chance to see it yet. It yes. only just come out. What did you think yes. of it? I loved it. Certainly lived up to the hype. Um, 
I think that one thing with rom-coms is that sometimes they're actually not rom-coms in that they're yes. not funny. That is so true. They're actually, should they be called romantic dramas? I actually like, I think about they the should. comedy part sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I just think it's not mm. there because yeah. they're not funny. But there was actually, like I wasn't falling out of my seat, but you know, <laughs> like there was some good one-liners. There was like, you know, the character for comic relief and stuff. So I love that. For um, people who uh, don't know what this movie is about, if you've been living under a rock, <laughs> it follows um, a young couple. Um, and so there's Nick. And mm-hmm. he is the son of basically this wealthy, wealthy family. Now, I just don't mean wealthy and like, oh, they own a home in Turak. I mean, like, <laughs> they could buy Turak. Like, <laughs> they could buy the whole of Turak. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> like, I actually think they could. Um, and so his, um, his family is um, from China. Then I live in Singapore, but they're of Chinese descent. And he is dating a Chinese American girl. Mm-hmm. And he, they've been going out for a year. And she flies back with him to meet his family to attend his best friend's wedding. Is this the first time she's meeting their family? Yes. So Ooh. that very scary first time meeting. Um, and she finds out when you know he, they get on the plane, and she realizes their tickets are first class. Mm-hmm. Oh, and she kind of gets an inkling that that's he's a shock rich. I'd like to have. So she has no idea. She has no idea. This. And then okay. she realises that he's not just rich, like, he is a celebrity in Singapore Ooh. because, of like, he is one of the most wealthiest families. Like, I'm talking kind of, like, you're in the way that, like, say, Paris Hilton was okay. famous okay. because her family was very rich, the Kardashians, like, that kind so of wealth. So she never, like, searched this guy or anything? Apparently not. Apparently Her- not. Okay. That's unrealistic. I know, I know. <laughs> Plot hole. Yeah. But, yeah, it was just it was just a really nice film. Like, you know, the, the romance is cute and it's just kind of, I guess, the main obstacle is, is basically about his family, like, kind of not really approving because, you know, she's this just, uh, you know, she isn't from a rich family. She's just... She was just her and her mum back in America and she's living it up to this massive family that's just, like, their wealth is unbelievable. And I think that's something also the film is a little bit of an escape and you get to see how people like this live. And, like, for a moment you just get to get taken into their world of these amazing parties with private fireworks display. Oh, wow. They're in these beautiful buildings. Oh. And, oh, my gosh, like, there's um there's a wedding in there, the wedding that they fly to attend. Oh, my gosh. Is it luxurious? I, Did I they, just ask that? Yeah, it's like they said in the film, they say that the wedding costs $40 million. <gasps> what? That's how wealthy these kind of people are. So what? I wanted to ask you. Oh, my. I imagine from your reaction, it wouldn't be a wedding. If you were these yeah, right people, if you were, <laughs> if you were not just the 1%, but the 1% of the 1% and you lived this lifestyle, what would you buy for yourself? How would you treat yourself? Okay. Are we being selfish here? Yeah. So I want to okay. know, like, if you were to live this lifestyle of oh. the rich and famous, Beth, what would it look what like? What would, how would you treat yourself, Bethany? Okay. So... I would just never be at home. I would buy a plane ticket that, like, takes me everywhere. So, like, we're going to Paris and Milan, like, England, yes. America, New Zealand, you name it, I'm going. I'm like, so with you. Like, travel is definitely oh, at the top of my list. Same. And even Imagine. places that I've already been, like, necessarily now I wouldn't spend money going back to places. Yeah. But, like, I loved Barcelona. Like, I'd love to go back there right Ooh, now. take me to Barcelona. Like Barcelona, I love but, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Barcelona. Like, oh, yes. Yes. Sarah, what would you what would you do? So definitely the same as all you guys travel. Oh, yes. I would love to go. I'd love to go all through Europe, and then I would love to go. So in the movie, mm-hmm. they literally um, 
um, they're like the I won't spoil anything, but just two two of these characters are at a party and they're like, eh, I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> so they fly what? their own private plane to a private island that they oh, own. And no. I'm just like, you know those days where you just don't want to deal with people anymore? Yeah. Imagine having a private island to fly to. Imagine how many of our problems would be resolved. You're like, oh, this uni assignment's quite hard. I'm going to Jamaica. Like, (laughs) amazing. I know. And it was just the most gorgeous. It was just beautiful. It was so, so lovely. So, um... Someone from a very rich family, um, if you feel like gifting me an island, um... (laughs) Please do. Please do. I would support that. The Weekly Wrap would support that. Please. So next week we might just be broadcasting to you from our own luxury <laughs> island, but we're, whether we're at an island or still here in the studios, we will be back next week. As unfortunately we've come to the end of the show, mm-hmm. but as always, if you liked what you heard, please chuck us a like on our socials, follow us, tweet at us as well. What did mm-hmm. you think of the show? What do you want to hear next yes, week? Give us some feedback. Yes, we'll nice include feedback, some of please. your suggestions in. Yes. yes, give us some questions. What would and tell me what would you what would you buy? I want to yes. I want to yes. hear from you guys. Mm-hmm. What are you going to spend? your billions and billions of dollars on. Mm-hmm. If you had enough to buy Turak, what would you buy? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, Love exactly. It. You're listening to a Sin Media Podcast. Previously heard live on Sin 90.7.